Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hello and welcome to Nerdificent. I am Danny Fernandez. And I'm Ify Wadiwe. And today we are tackling cosplay. cosplay. Yeah, cosplay. Is that a thing we're always going to do or did I force that on? <laughs> no, I don't know. At the same time. I don't know if we'll actually ever get it at the same time. But cosplay, something, Ify, that you and I know quite a bit about because our friends also do it. Oh, yeah, we have hella cosplay friends. It's pretty great. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, Cosplay is actually just the two words costume and play, and it is a hobby. Okay, I didn't say this. This is the definition. It says it's a hobby, but I bet most of my friends would take issue with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a lifestyle. It's a a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a lifestyle. So for those of you that don't know, it's basically where participants known as cosplayers, they dress up in costume to represent a specific character. So that character can be from a video game, from manga, anime, cartoon, Basically anything like that. And we want to preface that it's so much more than just dressing up for Halloween or Mardi Gras or whatever. It's not just having themed clothing necessarily or just wearing it for a holiday. Yeah, it it stems from a subculture of role playing. And actually, I'd say it's less like dressing up for Halloween and more like wearing your favorite jersey for a sport. It's more to support the culture that you're a part of and less to dress up differently for fun, even though that is an element of it. That is an element of it, but I would say that cosplayers normally, they take a lot of pride, Mm -hmm. so they normally make their own costumes, as well as they actually embody the character. So these are people that grew up with these characters or they worship these characters, they know them really well, and they normally try and have their mannerisms down, their catchphrases to sound like them and look like them as much as possible. So I will say that it is, like if he was saying, more of a lifestyle than just like, hey, I'm going to dress up for Halloween. Yeah, totally. It is the highest form of, I feel, complimenting. Or imitation. Imitation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It almost is like it comes from the idea of thinking a character is so cool. You're like, I want to be that character. And for a lot of 
people, you get to be that character for a day. And it's not only cool for the person wearing the costume or the cosplay, it's also cool for people to see these characters come to life with great cosplay. It's just fun all around. Yeah, it's like fully immersing yourself in that character. And Ify and I actually, we do know a lot of professional cosplayers, which we will get into. Yes, there is professional cosplay. Uh, but one of them, just off the top of my head, if you remember our friend, he lives the lifestyle of future trunks from Dragon oh, Ball yes. Z. Uh -huh. So Julie. this is a man, yes, this is a man who not only dresses like him, but has made his workout so that his body looks like him. He has dyed his hair uh, so that he looks like him and tries to live the lifestyle of this character. So like if he was saying, you're trying to be as much as this character as possible. Now that's not everyone. Sometimes people will just cosplay as something for a day at Comic-Con or something like that. Uh, but again, they're trying to make it as close to the character as possible most of the time. Definitely. And I feel like we're gonna have such a fun deep dive into that because on this episode, uh, we'll have our first guest, professional cosplayer Stella Chu. We're going to be interviewing her on the second half of this episode. It's probably going to be the meat of the episode because we're going to get the information right from the genius's mouth, I'll say. I didn't want to call her a horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if she would appreciate it. Although it's possible she may have dressed up like that. Yeah, him, that's so, very true. So uh, let's uh, let's deep dive. Let's do, do, do. This is the deep dive. I don't know if we're... <laughs> that, that's, deep dive. Dive, dive. What is cosplay? What is cosplay? So like we said, it is essentially the words costume and play. Mm -hmm. And it is where you are embodying this character with not only the costume, but mannerisms, body language. And it can be anything from a movie, TV series, book, comic book, video game, music band, anime or manga. Yeah, there's also a ton of mashups. Mm -hmm. So I've seen at Comic-Con myself, I've seen like Stormtrooper Disney Princess. Oh, Have yeah. you seen that? Okay. Oh, yeah. And what's cool about these mashups is they become legends like the hip-hop Stormtroopers. Yes. They walk around yes. and they have Adidas out, Stormtrooper outfits, just the whole run DMC dealy. And they do it every year. And you become, I feel like... Just to take a step back and talk about professional cosplay, there's two types of professional cosplayers. You have the professional cosplayers who are known for cosplaying multiple people like Stella Chu and Yaya Han and those folks. Then you have like professional cosplayers that are known for one character. One character because like, they look so much like them. Oh, yeah. Or like, their outfit is just like them. Like the hip-hop stormtroopers, that's pretty much all they do. And uh, D. Pity, who does Deadpool, and he does oh, all the yes. comedy videos, and he, like, embodies Deadpool. Everyone loves him. You know, and like, our friend Julian, who is Future Trunks. trunks yeah. Future Trunks. So he again, said he was going to branch out, but I've only seen uh, Trunks so uh, far. Sometimes when they look so much like that character... I don't want to say it's easier, but they just embody that character oh, so yeah. much. And so then what happens, and we'll get into this as well, is that they end up getting asked to be at these cons mm -hmm. for that specific character because they look so much like them that 100%. they then make appearances and they get paid to make appearances and be on panels and be in sketches and representing this character. Um, so, Iffy. Do you want to talk about the first ever cosplay? Yes, yes, yes. So one thing that's cool is I feel like women are trailblazers in a lot of fields, especially nerdy ones. Like, for example, a woman was the first person to create science fiction. And it's so funny that there's this flip now where women are underrepresented in a lot of nerd groups. But the first cosplay ever was at the first World Science Fiction Convention in New York in 1939. A 22-year-old Forrest J. Ackerman and his friend Myrtle 
R. Jones appeared. Myrtle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. In that the, is such a 1939 oh, 100%. name. 100%. That we Young need to Myrtle. bring that back. Yeah. Myrtle. And I feel like we might have talked about the science fiction convention back when we first talked about conventions. Comic cons, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Myrtle R. Jones and Vorce J. Ackerman appeared in their first San Francisco costumes among 185 attendees. The future editor of the famous Monsters of Fem- Filmland was dressed as a rugged-looking star pilot, and his female companion was adorned in a gown recreated from the classic 1933 film Things to Come. Both of them created quite a stir among the somber gathering of writers, artists, and Finn plural of fan. I guess they're trying to say Finn is plural of fan, even though people say fans. Wow. I don't, I don't. This might be a breakthrough that we just found about. But basically, what it seems like is they were like one of the only people who dressed up since everyone was kind of blown away, you know? Oh, okay, I see. But still, would you consider this cosplay? It sounds like they just essentially dressed up. They were the only people that were dressed for the con, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Where well, now everybody is cosplaying at cons. Well, I feel like, yeah, they. this was the this isn't the first group cosplay, but I feel like this is the first evidence of someone being like, I'm gonna dress up like these people, especially since they came, uh, especially since Myrtle came specifically from the film Things to Come. It seems like our man's Forrest J. Ackerman was just a rugged-looking star pilot. So, <laughs> And it seems like Myrtle was the one who was like, no, there is a specific thing I'm cosplaying as. I'm going to give Myrtle the crown. A rugged <laughs> pilot. It sounds like someone that rhymes with Fawn Colo. <laughs> Don't one... edit that out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's in the States, but I want to talk about the first cosplay in Japan. Yeah, and a very important reason we should talk about that is because the term cosplay was coined by someone in Japan, by Nobuyuki Takahashi of the Japanese studio Studio Hard while attending the 1984 Los Angeles Science Fiction World Cup. So uh, he was impressed by the hall and costumed fans and reported on both in the Japanese science fiction magazines. So. Yeah, so he reported back in Japan in these science fiction magazines and called it cosplay. And right before that... In 1978, we had a young woman portraying uh, Tezuka Samu's character Umino Toriton, or Triton of the Sea, and again, that was back in 1978. A lot of people think that this took place at the comic market, but it actually took place at Ashicon, which was another science fiction convention. Mm-hmm. So then the growth of cosplay also continued in Japan. In the 1990s, we saw cosplay cafes that started to pop up in Tokyo, uh, which is normally seen as like, it's called the Otaku Center. If you do, do you want to tell people what otaku is? It's a general Japanese term for people with obsessive interest, uh, even though it's more commonly used for anime fans. So otakus, I feel like it's not derogatorily used, but it's pretty much used for huge fans of anime. And weeb is the derogatory term, <laughs> uh, short for weebo, uh, for Fans of anime. Weeboo is the ones that are, it's a derogatory term for people that are obsessed with like Japanese culture and anime. Um, you think of people that have fetishes essentially or people over here that like their level of anime love is borderline inappropriate. If he, do you want to comment? Basically is where you kind of go over the line and you almost obsess about it as if it's your culture. Almost like you as, fetishize Japanese yes. women. I'd say you fetishize, fetishize Japanese, Japanese, Japanese culture. culture as a whole. Yeah, yeah. And it's just this whole cool thing that you th- automatically assume you know 
more than anyone about. It's kind of a tricky line, but I feel like you would know, like, if you met someone like that's otaku, that just, like, they love it and appreciate it, as opposed to someone that fetishizes it, if that makes sense. But not to be confused with We Blow, which is the Boy Scouts. We Be Loyal Scouts. Have you not heard that, Iffy? No. Okay, my brother was a Wee Blow. <laughs> Oh yeah, I you could be you a Weeblo and a Weebo. Yeah. You could be both of those things. You could be a Boy Scout that I bet there are tons of Boy Scouts that fetishize Japanese culture. So yes, uh, cosplay cafes were essentially themed cafes where servers were dressed in costumes. Um, for example, like maid cafes where servers were dressed as maids and would serve customers like a maid would. So yeah, so that was very popular in the 1990s. And then cosplay slowly started with the increase in comic conventions. We saw more people coming out that would dress up and really take on this lifestyle of cosplay. Sorry, I really went into a deep dive of uh, (laughs) this Weebo. Because I'm trying to see what the word comes from, but it seems like it just is a coined word. Like a Weebo is just a coined word. There's no real meaning of it and then there was this like whole interesting uh crunchy roll forum post <laughs> that was like the difference between otaku and a weebo and uh they basically said otaku basically means by its american definition the japanese one is drastically different and an insult there that someone is obsessed with manga anime japanese video games they often collect many versions of japanese video games manga and anime many people like myself proudly put this label on themselves however the other word Weebo hasn't been around as long and isn't used as much as otaku. A weebo is basically just an otaku who has taken their passion into something more drastic. Basically, they start replacing English words such as cat and cute yeah, with yeah, neko yeah, yeah. and kawaii. Right. They will use these words almost all the time, online and offline, and abuse them. Also, they curse how they aren't Japanese and don't dare touch stuff as American video games and watch any American media. Weebo is an insult because of this. A brief definition is this picture, and it's just a stolen picture from Know Your Me. I feel like it's someone who doesn't understand that it's also not their culture, because yeah. I've had to deal with weebs, that's what they're called, weebs, who argue about anime as if it, like, I don't know how to put it, where they crap on certain things, and it's like, that's not yours to decide who gets to enjoy this. Like, you're kind of borrowing it. At least that's how I feel about it. Oh, yeah. And people will probably write us and argue about it, because when we talked about this on our other podcast, which was an anime one, we had people that would write us and be upset. But to me, it's like, that's not from your culture. Like, so just remember that you get to enjoy it and borrow it. You don't get to tell people what's wrong or they're not allowed to enjoy it. Yeah. You don't get to gatekeep something. Yeah. You don't get to gatekeep. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. You don't get to gatekeep something that comes from a culture that's not yours and or correct people from that culture. Because that's also what we would see a lot as well is weebs would correct Japanese people about their own culture or how it was represented in anime. And I know some of our friends that are Japanese would have an issue with that. Yes. So... Going back to the story, going yeah, back to cosplay. No, I think there it's important. I did want to say so. Pablo Byran, he's the president of cosplay.ph. Uh, so he created this website. So cosplay.ph, he started in 2006, and it was essentially a website where cosplayers could go and check the schedules of conventions so that they could meet up. So this was in the Philippines. He said in the early days of cosplay, the movement was kind of like. 
they were treated like zoo animals. That's literally his quote. He said, before cosplay was more of a side event in comic and toy conventions, during that time they were sort of a sideshow, so usually cosplayers are stuck in a small space like mascots, but were treated little worse because we were like zoo animals. So I don't think they were as appreciated or respected the way they are now, where people are yeah. literally lining up and paying sometimes to take pictures with them. Oh yeah, that's always, I feel like, the drama that comes with being the first of something. Yeah. Even within our lifetimes, I remember cosplay wasn't as cool as it is now. Like it always was like, oh man, look at these people dressing up. And you know, if you were in the culture, it was good. But I feel like at this point, cosplay is generally understood to the mainstream. I remember one of the first Long Beach City Comic Cons People would be out with costume and people would be like, what's going on? What, what What is this? And last time we went, it seemed like the general city of Long Beach was pretty in on it there. Yeah, I would say, you know, but I still think my classmates from Frisco High School in Dallas, <laughs> Texas, if yeah. I was a professional cosplayer, which they do. Uh, Dallas has professional cosplayers, but I'm just thinking of like my specific town. Um, I think they would think it was weird. I yeah. still think that a lot of suburban like people that maybe or maybe even that aren't in major cities uh which frisco is now please don't write me i know that but i i still feel like if you're an adult that dresses up every weekend i feel like you're still going to be treated like you're weird just not in our group we're really lucky because we live in this nerd bubble essentially where we get to go to cons all the time and this is a regular thing but i do feel like there are probably people in other areas and or rural areas where if you dressed up every weekend you would be seen as weird yeah that's... so hopefully that changes though because people should be allowed to let their freak flag fly not saying that this is a freak thing but i mean if you some of the cosplay which we're gonna get into is a little <laughs> freaky though oh yeah and the debate of whether it should be allowed too is one of my favorites because i do feel like cosplay is sexy it can be very sexy you're, you're oh, yeah. often cosplaying video game girls or something like that that have major you know cleavage cleavage not Sometimes as much clothes booty out Cammy, booty out got the booty out booty out ivy got the booty out. i respect it i respect you got to show the goods if you got the goods show them but there's been a lot of debate of you know a lot of these cons have young kids and sometimes the cosplay can be bdsm ish mm -hmm. yeah um i think that's fair to say and so how much should be allowed uh is a conversation that we're actually going to be having with stella mm -hmm. right after the break are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. 
So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Welcome back to Nerdificent. We are here joined with professional cosplayer Stella Chu. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, so I think before the break we were talking about sex and cosplay, which we're going to get into. Yeah. Um, But Stella, I wanted to know, how did you first get started? Uh, So I've been cosplaying for um, probably like seven or eight years now doing it like seriously because prior to that, putting on a Halloween costume, kind of called class playing. But after uh, I graduated from college, I started to teach myself how to make my own costumes and um, traveling to a bunch of different conventions. And I think I've been doing it like actually professionally for the last three to four years. Dang. Yeah, it's crazy because it kind of happened like out of nowhere. There wasn't like just one day in which somebody was like, now you're a real professional kid. <laughs> Instead, it Quit was, your job. Right? Yeah. It just like kind of happened over time slowly. I knew people standing for you at least two or three years before I met you because I my my ex was real into like ya ya han and then so I would go on those like cosplay deep dives and I found you so you know you you were like the underground king you know oh, UGK uh, before the rise to professional status. Oh man, thanks. So as far as like your suits, because you make everything, yeah, you make your co- and you also stream it. A lot of the times, like live, so people can watch you making your cosplay. How much of that sewing and talent and like stuff did you already have or did you pick up and how long does it take? Um, So I went to school for like fine arts, like graphic design, like drawing on the computer, but that did not prepare me like at all for cosplaying uh, because cosplaying is all about working with your hands and like working with materials you've never heard of before, working with like really cheap material because no one's going to want to work with like metal and wood instead you want to work with like ava foam and like fabrics and stuff um and so all of this is stuff i taught myself and i've learned kind of with the community because we all learn from each other like everyone figured out how to paint armor the right way together at the exact same time everyone started using warblood at the same time it's all skills i've like developed over time and i wish that like i could have gone to a school or had some kind of like sensei to like come Mm -hmm. teach me on how to do all this stuff because i probably would have like saved a ton of money 
I have like fifty thousand dollars in student loans, so no, I don't know if you need to go to school. Yeah, your for boy that. didn't. Uh, your boy skipped that. Your boy yeah. was like, "Yo, uh, this comedy thing. There's no degree for that, so I'm gonna uh, just drop out." And this, it worked out fine for me. But you know, for the listeners who may not know, because this is a nerdy deep dive for everyone, so we like to fill in everyone. What is Ava Foam and Warbler? Because I know about Warbler, like when I was like, mm. you know, confident and thought I could get into cosplay. Like Warbler was king, and now it's all about. Ava foam. It's, it's still about Warbla, though. Um, so let's talk about some like materials. Warbla is this material that was made in, I want to say, developed in Germany, and like it's being sold out of Germany. And it's a like thermoplastic. And when I say thermoplastic, it's basically just a sheet of plastic that you can heat up with like a hair dryer or a heat gun, um, or even in your oven, and you can shape it into you know the way you want it to look. So it's kind of like sheet clay. So imagine your little Play-Doh that you have at home, but instead it's it's in sheet form and you can shape it however you want. And it, when it cools, you have an epic set of armor. So it doesn't take much technical know-how, which is fantastic for a lot of people who are just jumping into it. And the like curve to like learn how to use it is like... It's so simple. It's so easy. And once you get good at it, you get real good at it. Like super good. People have been making the coolest looking things that will just blow your mind. You're like, what? That's made out of a thermoplastic? I thought that was like real metal or something. Oh, totally. Because in my head, when I started deep diving, my idea of what Warbler was, was I thought they were just shapes you would buy with this material and then when i went and looked it up and i was like oh it's just a sheet and i have to shape it oh uh i'm gonna just nope out because i don't think i'll be good at it but you're saying it's easy it's pretty easy i feel like if somebody just like sat down with you for like 20 minutes you'd like get it right away versus like you know spending five years as a right. metal spinning assistant yeah. and stuff like that or um and then uh the other thing i talked about was ava foam so ava foam is children's floor mats that you find in kindergarten with oh, the giant okay. letters on it you can paint that, you can shape it, and it'll look like really cool armor. Like I want to think that some teacher, like at Kinder Care, like figured that you know, in her on yeah. the, like their off mm-hmm. weekend or something, was like putting together their cosplay for Comic Con. <laughs> They're like, let me just borrow this from my classroom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they have all the arts and crafts there. Yeah. Well, actually, it's crazy. Like most of the things I work with is like craft kits. Yeah. Like, and, like cra- yeah, stuff crafts, in the ca- glitter, googly eyes. Yes. Like, faux fur (laughs) so it's it's crazy what the difference between I guess like a cosplayer and like an actual costume designer is like costume designers use materials that are really traditional and like someone who started working in the film industry a hundred years ago like taught you how to do this and stuff whereas cosplayers are like I'm 14 and I watch YouTube and I guess I'm just gonna like work with what I found at Michael's and what my mom has in her sewing kit. But those I think look so cool. I love when people do low cost cosplay, which is kind of like just putting together something with stuff that they had around their house. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just think it's so creative. I love yeah. it. It's awesome because you know we're presented with these like problems that we have absolutely no idea what the solution is going to be like we don't have a plastics factory that we can go and buy right. mold at instead I have to like cut open a bottle of water and then use like the lid and like the end and then like that becomes part of my gun and spray painting it and stuff so it becomes super creative and you, you start like really being able to understand like how to dissect something to like oh I can take this thing that's over here and then I'll take this thing that's over here and I'll glue it together and it'll turn into something really cool yeah that's why you're at a professional level though (laughs) yeah so I want to talk about that a little bit so you know before you were at the professional level you were doing it for just the fun of it to go to con and show off your cool you know cosplay 
how's the pressure of now having an expectation set for you to have maybe even the best cosplay? Does it does it make it harder? Does it make it does it take anything out of it from you? Mm, I'd say like back in the day when I first started was when the like rat race of like online social media, like becoming famous, having the most amount of fans like that was starting because 2011, 2010 was right when like Instagram came out, like Facebook had just added pages and like Twitter was already pretty big and like YouTube was already pretty big. And so there's all this potential and everyone knew that like the more likes you had, the more potential you had. And actually even people thought that the more likes you had, the more money you got. Somehow they thought like when <laughs> they you had still likes, think that yeah. they still oh, yeah. think that they're like, oh my God, you have like 20,000 followers. You must make millions i'm like what they say that Who about writers give that to me yeah. they'll be like you la writers in your mansions oh yeah no. <laughs> not at all oh, so how do you feel cosplay has changed from when you were just starting out as a humble young uh love of the crab bright-eyed cosplayer <laughs> yeah. to like now because not only has cosplay changed but even the convention going experience mm-hmm. has grown in all that time yeah it's changed so much i'd say it's changed in over three stages so the first stage was everyone go to conventions get as many goddamn photos as you can and then post them as quickly as you can to the internet no matter if it's a good picture or a bad picture and you'll get likes you'll get follows kid you'll become famous and then the second stage um was okay you're getting hired by companies and companies are are putting you at their booths to represent their brand and like um, maybe you're becoming a social media influencer and then like the third stage that we are at right now is um, the money has run dry from these companies because everyone's a social media yeah. influencer but with the advent of things like Patreon and other ways to monetize we've actually taken control of our own path and not relying on these like companies or bigger people to write our future for us. Instead we're getting stuff directly from the fans and figuring out what content that we want to make for ourselves yeah and the whole after the break uh i want to go deep into patreon and that's a whole fun subject but for right now when was the first time you were approached by a company and what was that like as a cosplayer um wow okay let me see if i can remember yeah yeah, we got to go down memory lane yeah i don't remember maybe the first time i was approached by a company but i do remember the first time i was invited to a convention and i had to play it real cool and be like (laughs) oh yes i've done this before (laughs) uh so yeah i had no experience you know being a guest at a con like boothing at a con and um traveling internationally even it was in the same year it was two conventions so one convention was in um houston uh, called Anime Matsuri, and they had invited me. And then another convention in um, Chile, wow. in South America. Holy crap. Yeah. Like, Did they, like, fly you out for it? Oh, yeah. They oh, paid damn. me and everything. Like, they put me up in this really nice hotel that was really, like, it wasn't, like, one of those five-star hotels. It was, like, one of those boutique hotels oh, where, yeah. like, everything is, it's almost like a better breakfast, right, but, right, like, right. but also a hotel. So that was really nice. And then they took me to, like, this beachside town and, like, hung out with all these other cosplayers and, like, took a photo on the beach with all these beautiful rocks. And it was, like, what? What is going on in my life? I'm like traveling internationally, like by myself, dressed up in cosplay, like doing this God. thing. This is my life now. So that was super awesome. And then like, you know, Anime Matsuri, I have been there for the last like five years, like going every single year, um, being their guest there. It's been super awesome. And they've been so great to me. And they've really kind of followed me throughout my career. Um, so it's, yeah, it's like crazy. And now I'm here, like going to conventions, like almost twice a month at least. Yeah. 
flying all over the world. How many suits and stuff do you think that you have made? If you could guess. Uh, I wish I took a picture of- Do you take uh, them apart and use them for other things? Or once a suit is complete, what do you do with it? Does it stay with you? Do you sell it? Man, so uh, I used to live in New York City in a 500 square foot apartment. And so I could not keep the costumes that I built. And so I had to sell some of them, throw some of them away. I would probably, I've only ever repurposed costumes maybe like a handful of times. But usually I just like straight up like, put them in a box and if I don't wear it for like two years and I will say okay it's time for me to divorce you I'll sell you off or I'll throw you away um, I actually this morning um, put up my Genos cosplay from One Punch Man I know mean, oh, I'm sorry I know you like One Punch Man um, so I hey, how much is it going for well it's just the armor pieces so I have gotcha. his like so it's a character called Genos and he is a bionic boy both of his arms are bionic and so I had built the armor for that and I had a wig and everything but I haven't worn him at all in two years and I figured like I'm just gonna like let that's your go. time yeah, yeah. And put so a two year I put time it up limit. on my store in V today we'll see if anyone wants it but I mean I am really tiny and he's a boy so I the only other person who could wear this is a tiny girl just uh-huh. like me so yeah I don't, I don't a know a small child <laughs> small child you know, they could they could put a 10 year old boy in it that's fine so I mean it is an industry at this point and there's other cosplayers and you know you got big dogs the one I'm gonna keep saying because that's the one that's stuck in my head is like Yaya Han like mm-hmm. that's like I think probably one of the top known cosplayers what is that like is it competitive or is it more collaborative so back in the day it was very collaborative because we all did not know what we were doing right it was mm-hmm. like um is this a business or are we just like here having fun like we can't quit our day jobs we're not making any money but also i'm really petty and like catty because this is a bunch of girls who are very <laughs> yeah. narcissistic and yeah. you know we're all fighting for numbers and the numbers game so like that was the environment it was like we were all friends but we were also like very competitive frenemies frenemies <laughs> but like we also collaborated you know mm-hmm. like we're very professional with each other there wasn't a lot of drama in terms of like the overarching like groundbreaking everyone divorcing from each other type of drama it was more like just like well she said this and then I said that and then she, like there was the, that high what school what if someone dress, what if you guys dress up at the same thing um, Is there... that t- never seemed to be a problem but because the internet's full of idiots it was their problem like they would compare you would be like, yeah be they, would, they would rate us. you yeah, yeah and then I'd be mm-hmm. like I don't care and then it's care. a competition yeah I see yeah. what you mean and like it doesn't really matter to me if I like look like somebody or if they look like me or if my costume's better or their costume's better like that I don't care about that what I care about is the respect of my peers and if my peers think that what I did was wrong, then I will feel like I did something wrong. But if like oh, the okay. general audience is like me, then I'm like, I don't care. You're not the people I'm trying to impress. I'm trying to impress like my peers who mm-hmm. I respect and are also talented and would actually make me feel like I, ca- I don't belong in this community if I actually did something terribly wrong. Well, that's actually a good time to like segue into like, yeah, the audience versus the cosplayer and the things because cosplay has been in a weird roller coaster because, you know, cosplay can be like Genos, this like badass kick ass guy, but and no fault of the cosplayer. It's really just the men who draw women this way in anime. It can be Mm -hmm. very sexy. So then you have these weird rules that cons set up and like how much you can show or how much you can't. And then like the flip of like, you know. Uh, dudes who are like, I'm going to be the schoolgirl and be scantily clad because, you know, for lol. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, like, I feel like sometimes the dudes who do that get away with doing that. And then if a female is wearing the same right. outfit, it's like, it's against rules. So how do you feel about all of that? I think that... The situations you're talking about are, like, not as common. Because, like, when there's, like, somebody not dressed appropriately, like, the con will, like, tell them to please stop. 
And when there are people dressed inappropriately who are female, So what female, would you consider just... inappropriate well, okay, in cosplay so... at a con? Okay, so the things that I consider inappropriate um, are things that – it's really contextual for me because it's like I wouldn't wear this in front of, like, families and stuff. Like, that's not fair to them. Um, they're at an event that's public, regardless if it's a family event like or if it's, like, an adult event. Like, mm-hmm. Dragon Con is for adults to get drunk at. When I see a five-year-old kid there, I'm like, why? <laughs> Who decided? <laughs> Who, what horrible, irresponsible Your parents adult. are probably getting drunk in the yeah, back right now. Yeah, they're home. So, but, like, but at like the same comic, time. San Diego Comic Con San Diego Comic- is like, very family-friendly. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm just like, okay, then don't wear, you know, a thong outdoors. Like, in no context would it be okay to wear a thong outdoors. In your bedroom, taking photos, like, for Patreon, totally fine to do that, right? Like, if it's canon to, like, a specific character, hell yeah. Totally fine to do that. I've totally done, like, scantily clad costumes. Like, every month I do scantily clad costumes. So I run a Patreon That as people well. can find on Stella's Patreon. Hey, yeah. So, but, like, it's all about context and about... Like, I don't understand why people even have to argue about it in a way. Because to me, it just makes sense. Okay, you do not cross the line, right? You do not wear something that is, like, very obviously not for the art. It's, like, very obviously for the sexual attention or slash lulls. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just... People just need to learn to differentiate. But for the people who can't differentiate, let's just break that down a little bit. Yeah, it's okay to wear what you would wear to a beach. But if you're just wearing a bikini at a convention in which uh, 99% of people who are attending are wearing a full outfit of clothes, then you're probably not being appropriate because, like, that's not an appropriate situation to wear. But if, like, everyone at the con was all about wearing the bikini, such as Colossal Con, which is in Ohio, which I'm going to this oh, year. It's dope. such a great con. So like, we call it Bikini Con because it's at a water park and everyone dresses oh, yeah, up makes as sense. the bikini version of, yeah. a, conv- of a character. Um, but if you're wearing that at like Anime Expo in the middle of like the Anime Expo Hall, it's kind of like uh, you're in a convention center that is indoors. There is no context in which like a bikini would make sense. And stuff like that. And then when people just like wear joke costumes for the lulls that are like very inappropriate for people to see, then you told me one that someone like didn't have anything covering their ass. Yeah. So when I was 17 years old going to Otakon, I saw this woman wearing this costume where it was basically a piece of craft foam, like really crappy craft foam that you can buy at like a craft store glued to her crotch, uh, no underwear, and then like two pieces of craft foam glued to her nipples so as pasties. And then she was wearing a cape and she had a hat on and a wig. But that was all she had on. So she didn't have any underwear, Wait, who right? is she supposed to be? Yeah, yeah that's what I was, I was waiting for, like, maybe enough like, information so... to piece it together. And then I was like... I have no idea yeah. what even reference it is. Okay. Like, but it, her maybe it was character. from La Blue Girl, if you get her own character. But what you were telling me is, like, if her cape blue, blue you would wind. see the back of her, oh, yeah. maybe, and also part of her front. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were discussing before this, like, you know, if that were a dude around young children. Yeah, it'd be that, so inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like it's all about, I guess these people aren't just getting like... Not saying that it's not for a woman. I want to say that. I'm just saying the way that society views it yeah. is that society would be harsher on the man for having oh, yeah. his butt... Mm-hmm. His groin and his, his butt. Because it's and gross. Produ- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and women are beautiful. Yeah. And there's uh, like, there's un- okay, so there's just too many situations in which not enough people are asserting the rules and then there's too like many situations in which the opposite is happening. So it's like we see all these extremes where like cosplayer gets... 
banned from con for wearing like yeah. like something that shows her underbutt, but then like cosplayer doesn't get banned for just wearing pasties to yes. con. You know, it's like there's yeah. not there's not like a centralized list of rules because not everyone has the same kind of uh, frame guiding them where right. to go. And not every con is in the same place. Like not every like you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, some of them are more adult oriented mm-hmm. um and have a lot of drinking happening <laughs> yeah and like where some cons where body painting is totally fine yeah. and then some cons where like being nude is totally fine it just depends holy on... crap what con is that well like <laughs> they're not super anime excited cons. they're not anime cons uh, okay but they are okay centric okay okay <laughs> they're, not, they're not we'll talk they're after not cons. Yeah. <laughs> but like you're saying yeah it seems like it's just the time and the place understand the context because you know some cons you want to keep it family friendly and some it's cool. Because, and on the Patreon. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I'm a person who follows the rules. And, like, when there are no rules in place, then I will do what I want. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I never want to offend anyone. I don't want to, like, I follow societal rules and I follow actual rules. Right? So I won't wear something super ultra sexual to a con if it's inappropriate. I will do it behind doors. But I'll certainly post that photo online where it's appropriate. Right? For, yeah. For the people who are, you know, of appropriate agency. And if a kid sees it, like, not my fault. The parents didn't check it. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah for Patreon like that's what Patreon has kind of created this like place in which people can be lewd and do boudoir and do whatever their interpretation of their character is and like this is a place where like sex sells like you can finally feel comfortable doing the thing that you want to do for like expressing your sexuality and like being able to make money from cosplaying characters that would otherwise be not okay to cosplay in real life because you know Anime and video games are very. Have you seen the new costume for Ivy Valentine from Soul Calibur? Those pieces are basically glued onto her. Yeah. Body. Oh yeah. So it's just and people want to be accurate. So. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I'm saying. People that's the be beauty accurate. of Patreon. You can finally see these, and we'll get like deep in the Patreon and ludes and what that's all about. Yeah, we'll talk about right ludes. after that break. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. 
Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back here with Stella Chu, as always, your boy, if you want anyway, and right across from him. I'm Danny Fernandez. So we were talking about lewds. Um, <laughs> do you want to tell people what those are? So lewds is the new internet term for like sexy photos and doing things like really sexy. And they're not pornographic. They're just or they short would of be nudes. <laughs> They'll be nudes and they will be literal porn, right? So like oh, lewds okay. are like that line, that big old glass door right on the other side. You know, you can't cross over it, but you can see it. So it's the new word we're using because it really does describe like everything that fits under there. So things that it could be just making a sexy face. There's like that whole ahegao face, which is the orgasm, orgasm. face from okay. like hentai and stuff, like which is Japanese porn. I got a mm-hmm. hentai, which is Japanese these- porn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. so, um, Japanese animated porn. Yes, Japanese <laughs> animated porn. Oh, um, thank you. Yes, yeah. for yeah. Clarifying that. <laughs> um, so there's a, you know, like making like orgasm face to like legit like implied nudes, um, but without actually showing any body parts and stuff. You know, always dressing up as a character of some kind, but it doesn't always have to be because people can just do lewds that have nothing to do with mm-hmm. cosplay. Um, so yeah, those are lewds. Yeah. <laughs> and people can find those on your Patreon. Yes. Yeah, so my Patreon is a wide spectrum. Like I have something for everyone there, not just my lewds and my sexy stuff. But um, Patreon is an opportunity for me to be able to make a living off of my cosplay. Um, so- right. It's a site where people can literally donate to you every month and they have different tiers. So depending on your donation, they get different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like at the lower tiers, you're getting patterns, you get how-to tutorials, you get vlogs, you get photo sets of like costumes that I've done, such as like my Farah cosplay from Overwatch, which is a bionic robot woman covered fully head to toe in armor. You know, I've done costumes from League of Legends in which I was holding a glowing sword that I made myself and stuff. Um, So I do do those like very epic builds that take a lot of um, different kinds of skills and like special effects and stuff. But as you climb higher in the tiers, like that's when I start like dishing out like more lewds and stuff like that. Because if I'm going to create sexual content, things for you know like that then why not put you should be getting paid you should be getting paid 100 percent. i've seen them and they are worth money uh, every <laughs> cent every <laughs> cent but quick question because i was curious about this when i noticed this but you recently separated your instagram to having like just your stella chu instagram and stella ludes was there just like a request for oh, that? No, or there's what? so many reasons why I did that. Like, okay. Facebook has been killing Instagram, like, shareability, and it's been killing me. Okay. And, like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, how to 
figure out all their al- algorithms and stuff. But basically, um, I had somebody say to me, that, like, hey, why don't you try starting a new Instagram? You might see, like, you're oh, not shadow banned. And yeah. you might see all these, like, new things happening. Like, maybe you're not affected by this, like, bad algorithm. And, you're yeah. okay. and you know what? They're right. <laughs> I'm getting, like, the same amount of engagement on my brand new Instagram account that only has 5,000 followers. And yeah. Like, 250,000 Can you tell everyone followers. what shadow banning is? Basically, it means that Instagram does not care to show your content to right, your followers up, anymore. Yeah, yeah. At all. And it sucks. And nothing I'm doing is actually fixing it. Like, uh, I'll post to, like... Something that's very, very engaging, and I know why it's engaging. It's because it shows a little bit of sexy stuff. But then I'll post, like, something that's, you know, fully armored costume, and, like, no one cares. Oh, yeah. And my heart just, like, shatters into a million pieces. Well, it's weird because, yeah, Instagram has been very draconian recently because I posted a progress photo of just me, shirtless, three, and showing, you know, my new tight bod. I will say that was a little imprint but like nothing oh god there wasn't anything crazy <laughs> oh god it got deleted it got deleted <gasps> what yeah instagram deleted it wow. it said it was no. against community so, got but wait that means that someone had to report it right no because if it's reported it'll like you'll get a, a notification? notification that says someone reported it but this one was like Instagram has found your post there's no way some like Instagram intern is like sees the oh, little they... bump that you the oh, big bump God. that you have <laughs> 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 there's no way I can't imagine I that Very I don't mad. know I, I mean feel like... I, I haven't been targeted yet but like let's like not tell the whole world that I haven't been targeted yet okay yeah, we yeah. won't tell them so Ify, I know you had some questions for Stella about how Patreon has affected cosplay yeah yeah so like i noticed in a kind of funny way how patreon has kind of changed the game for cosplay because like i think a year or two ago i found like one cosplayers like lewd patreon and i subscribed and i thought it was just this one-off thing where i was like oh this is a cool thing she's doing like then i noticed like no a lot of cosplayers are doing it and a lot of cosplayers have the lewd model there was a subreddit that now got shut down because they're being assholes in there (laughs) (laughs) So when one person does something right, the entire cosplay Cosplay community community. is just all of a sudden like a wave, like a tsunami wave. We all just do it at the exact same time. And it's because we're all friends with each other on Facebook. We all like are in messaging groups together. We're all in like these like brainstorming groups together. Yeah. So when one person joins a new social media thing, everyone does it. When one person does a thing on Patreon that's really successful, everyone does it. And so that's why you're seeing an explosion of like lewd models for cosplay on Patreon. It's because everyone has figured out that this is the model. This is where the money is. This is what the fans want. And it gives us the ability to continue to do cosplay because without doing lewds, we do not have the money to continue to Wait, do Wait, are the dudes also? But I feel like... Yeah, oh yeah. Do you oh, want to know who the most... Ludes. I know that yeah. there's dude ludes, but I'm saying are the majority of the dude cosplayers that I know, like ones I'm thinking of are like, I think Living Ichigo and like Leo Camacho and like, are they doing... No, I don't, I don't think Leo is. Know. I don't think Sarah would I feel like Leo... Leo could, oh, I didn't know. Oh yeah, I met his yeah, girlfriend. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I want to like get in there. get away I'm a, with it. Look, I wanna, he has a pretty face. Yeah. I'm saying once I get that MBJ bot, I'm really going to get this Doomfist lewd going you know any cosplayer welcome to have me yeah yeah any cosplayers look you can use my body because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do another patreon because i think it's real cute when cosplayers do like the duo thing like it's real cute. yeah Yeah, when we collaborate with each other that's i guess that's the way you say collaborate not the duo thing (laughs) there are guys who are very successful on patreon 
Yeah, mm. so you should probably go check them out. They're great. They do do ludes. <laughs> and uh, the more guys that you support who do ludes, the more guys who will do ludes. Oh, damn. I'll like, be starting a movement. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. So, um, I mean, people think that, okay, then the only thing that's on Patreon is ludes. Right, and it's but not. it's not, actually. Yeah. Um, in fact, like some of the most successful Patreons don't have anything to do with ludes. Like, Kim Patsu is a cosplayer from South Africa, and her Patreon is very successful like hundreds and hundreds of supporters for her and she produces costumes like I thought I was a fast cosplayer no she can pump out beautiful immaculate costumes faster than I can um and yeah she's like South Africa like how would you think that it would be at least someone here in LA America where like all the cosplay economy is but no she's over there by herself like she's building her own community there she's a powerhouse she's amazing Um, there's like so many other very very successful cosplayers that aren't using the lewd model in order to become successful and that's because they have like this amazing talent and skill that a lot of the rest of us don't have or haven't figured out how to channel it Um, and so that's our own fault and and it's not anyone else's fault because these amazing cosplayers have proven that they can make this model work. They can make the non-lewd model work. And it's our own fault for perpetuating the lewd model, even though we want to do it, but it is a problem. It is legitimately a problem because it's 80% of what's out there. And that's not fair. It should be a balance. Yeah. Um, so that's why I try so hard to continue to build the craftsmanship of my work and give that out to everyone. Like I sell patterns on my store, like I give out patterns to my patrons and I make sure that people know that like, you know, I'm a lot about what I make, but I'm also about like the sexy stuff too. You know? <laughs> as you should be. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I've, I, like I, me, myself as a person, I try and balance both sides, right? Yeah. I'm trying to be 50-50. I just want the community to be 50-50 as well, well. This is an interesting thing and it's something I brought up and I feel like it's just a weird toxic thing in the nerd community because I feel like if you wanted to 100% do lose because that makes you happy, you should be fine. But I feel like nerds have this weird way of being like... No, you have to be the full package where like a lot of times I'll see a lot of lewd cosplayers post things on Twitter where it's like a like genuine like hot photo of themselves and then they're doing like an ugly face. And I feel like there's almost like a need because mm-hmm. like weird nerd men are like, you can't just be sexy because right. then I 100%. will disrespect mm-hmm. you, you know? Yeah. The thing that you're pointing out right now is something that I completely noticed. I, I noticed that the first time I saw someone do a dirt face and mm-hmm. I'm like, it's because... The yeah. Is threatened Do you remember yes. the iffy that picture that I did where I was like in full pinup sexy makeup, but I oh, was yeah. picking my nose and it bothered <laughs> said, so yeah, many. Fast. No, but it bothered <laughs> so many people. But the reason why yeah. is because at that time I was doing stand up. I'm like, well, I can't just be a hot, sexy girl in pinup. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to pick my nose. So it's like, oh, I'm also funny, though. Like, remember? Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing. Whereas like me, when I post my thirst trap, it's full <laughs> well, I thirst got, action. You, you've you know? seen mine. I got yeah. rid of that. Like, I straight <laughs> thirsted out. But it is funny because it is like. If you look at like people who and and I think in general over comedy, that's been a weird thing because when I started doing fitness stuff, I split like I still have iffy lifts versus oh, iffy. Yeah. But then you have guys like Reggie Watts who are like, no, I'm in the gym right, right now because right. It, it's a weird balance where I feel like both in nerddom and in comedy, it's like you can't take anything too seriously because then f- you. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll bleep that. <laughs> I do want to say that I do feel like if the nerd guys that you and I know, if he had Stella's body, that they would easily be posting it constantly. Look, the constantly. nerd guys we know who are fit like me have shirtless pictures up. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Paris. Yes. Oh, God. Paris has like a six pack I didn't even know about. I got about. so mad. I was like well, so mad. I wanted to be the buffest and then he pulled out that six pack. Stella, I did want to thank you for coming on. Where can people catch your Patreon? Yeah, so Patreon.com slash Stella Chew. You can also find me on twitch.tv slash Stella Chew because I stream uh, five days a week. It's basically a job now. It's pretty cool. Um, and that's also where I build all my costumes. So you can come watch me make stuff and sew my fingers together. Dope. You know me. It's your boy, Ify Wadiway, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Nerdificent. It's Nerdificent on Twitter. It's Nerdificent on Instagram. And there's a Nerdificent Facebook. And I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez. It's M-S-D-A-N-I-F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z on all the social medias. Yeah, rate us and review us on uh, iTunes because that helps us out. And uh, maybe you'll get a lewd. I don't know. We can send you one. We'll yeah, work yeah. it out. Yeah. It'll be that, Ify's buff that, that got banned. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, I'm so mad. I want to repost it out of just anger, but on my like main Facebook. On all right, <laughs> we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah, yeah. Bye. 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 Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.